Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 201 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Alain Malandan. Six years ago, Alain made a big career change, leaving her corporate job to start her journey growing social enterprise in Aitoro, New Zealand. Alain has been working with the Arkina Foundation since then, and a key highlight in her career was to lead the team that hosted the Social Enterprise World Forum in Christchurch in 2017. The 1,600-person event catalyzed the social enterprise movement at a very auspicious time, and it gave the Aitoroa social enterprise sector a massive boost of confidence. Since then, Alain has been a director of the Social Enterprise World Forum and has the great privilege to be currently serving as the chair of the board. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Alain's insights on key movements in New Zealand's social enterprise sector. We'll get Alain's thoughts and perspective on what the future holds for the social enterprise movement globally. And we'll get Alain's reflections on the Social Enterprise World Forum, which will be hosted in Halifax, Nova Scotia in September this year. And we can't wait to head over there. So Alain, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Tom. Uh, very happy to be with you today. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So to kick things off, Alain, could you please share a little bit about your background and what led you to working in this social enterprise sector? Yes, of course. So um, as you mentioned, I worked in the corporate world for 10 years until I realized that I was not happy about my situation anymore. I worked very hard and I was feeling very drained. Working hard wasn't the issue. You know, the issue was actually a growing value clash, um, the clash between, you know, my personal values and the sector I worked in back then. So I suppose I was a young adult at the time and my vision of work, my vision of work and my self-awareness, you know, had changed and deepened through the years. And it was a strong realization that I wanted to find more purposeful work and that I needed to extract myself from that industry, actually. So I created the space and the time for other new opportunities to arise, which I think is a great lesson in itself. And I did my research and very quickly I came across some sort of Wellington-based social innovation groups, I suppose, first, and then um, social enterprise through Hikurangi, so the Akina Foundation's uh, previous name. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure my story is not unique and resonate with quite a few of us working in the uh, social enterprise sector. Mm, Yeah, so it's been a a great role and lots of great projects you've been running at the Akina Foundation since. So could you tell us a little bit more about the projects that you're currently involved in? Yes, at the beginning of last year, I took a new role within Akina that involves leading the work we do in terms of capability building. Back then, my team and I decided to call ourselves Places and Networks to reflect our vision, which is to support the growth of strong social enterprise places throughout Aotearoa New Zealand Mm. and the development of networks within and between these places. So another term we use, place-based approach 
So in practical terms, you know, we believe in locally relevant and locally led social enterprise support. Yes. And we believe the communities hold the answers to their own challenges and they can become the best actors of change if supported in a suitable way. So yeah. acknowledging that Akina can't be everything to everyone and we're working out, you know, the best ways we can transfer our skills, knowledge and tools and the best ways we can partner in the regions to support the growth of stronger and more inclusive local economies. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, we're certainly fans of that place-based approach. It certainly seems mm. the best way to go about it. So how have you seen the social enterprise sector then transform and change over the last five years or so in Aitaroa? And where do you see it heading? The sector has reached a whole different level of maturity, I'd say, in the last, in the last five years. And it's enjoying a lot, lot more visibility. And I think these two, maturity and visibility, obviously go hand in hand, feeding into each other. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that most of the reasons for this change are good and positive reasons. So, of, of course, you know, there's the harsh reality of the fact that we need to live and work differently in yeah. order to revert or slow down the damage we've done to our planet and solve some of our most pressing social issues and harsh reality has benefited the rise of social enterprise of course but I mean this is not specific to New Zealand obviously so if we focus on kind of the more positive reasons and changes in the New Zealand context I would probably highlight three key changes over the last five years. The first one is that central government has significantly and openly committed to supporting social enterprise from first position statement mm. on social enterprise in 2014 to the current three-year partnership Akina is delivering currently. So that's a 5.5 million New Zealand dollars in partnership with the Department of Internal Affairs yep. that we're delivering with a range of partners to grow the conditions for social enterprise to flourish. Mm. So that's a massive, obviously, like lever. Yep. A second highlight and lever for change, as you mentioned already, has been hosting the Social Enterprise World Forum in Christchurch in 2017. This was a significant milestone for um, our social enterprise community. And looking back, we can now see how much impact it's actually had because by gathering our movement at such a scale for the first time, it really, you know, gave visibility to social enterprise as a concept, mm. created very powerful kind of sense of solidarity amongst entrepreneurs who I think may have felt quite isolated and disconnected until that moment. Yeah. And by hosting the international community, it created some sort of obviously renewed learning and energy as we learned from them, but also a sense of confidence because mm. what I noticed is that most QE social enterprises would have arrived with a lot of humility and a sense of lagging behind the rest of the world and feedback from the international friends and counterparts and was really positive and really beefed up their confidence. Yeah. And the third third reason I'd like to talk about is the shift towards social procurement and obviously the growing understanding and acknowledgement of the opportunity for government and businesses to create social value by procuring smarter, as we say, spending the same dollar twice. You know, this shift is opening, obviously, lots of new market opportunities for social enterprise. And Akina launched first social procurement marketplace at the end of 2018 called Mm. Forward. And we have 60 certified services from 48 different social enterprises listed on uh, this marketplace Mm. and a combined potential of 27 billion New Zealand dollars now Mm. amongst all of our buyers that is obviously another massive you know lever for change that's been 
going and making a massive difference in the last year or so. So in terms of where it's heading, I suppose the one thing I'd like to highlight is that last year, the New Zealand government launched indicators Aotearoa, which sit within a living standards framework. So in a nutshell, this is New Zealand's acknowledgement that there is more to well-being than just the healthy economy. Mm -hmm. So it's our commitment and our government's commitment to look beyond GDP to develop a more holistic view of our well-being. So this is very powerful, of course, for the entire economy and giving us a framework and a springboard to communicate what we value as a society and in our daily lives. At, you know, the indicators are a really good tool to assess the collective impact of policies and inform um, decision making. And overall, we have a model for all businesses to articulate how they're contributing to our nation and people's well-being. And it's not mandatory, but it's obviously like very fertile ground for social enterprises to continue to grow in New Zealand and to grow much faster. Yeah. So there's a lot of work to be done to transform the way we do business, but ICANA's role is to help enterprises to articulate how they contribute to these well-being indicators yeah. and you know for the economy to speak in the same language as government. Mm. So this is kind of, in terms of looking forward, this is the context in which we're, we're growing social enterprise here. Yeah, wonderful. Well, there's some great reflections there, Alain. So as chair of the Social Enterprise World Forum then, and I mentioned that'll be held in, in Halifax in Canada in September this year, What do you believe needs to be done to accelerate this impact-led business movement globally so that we are tackling some of these most pressing social environmental issues? As I I mentioned in my welcoming address at the um, Social Enterprise World Forum in Addis um, in October, I think there are three key things we need to do collectively for social enterprise and impact-led businesses in order to lead the charge in creating the system change. And these are, one, to be more data with our work, second, to be more inclusive and more accessible as a movement, and thirdly, to collaborate better. On the first one, being more audacious, it's quite clear that we're running out of time. And unfortunately, you sitting in Australia right now, um, you are seeing it firsthand. I mean, the pressure is really massive across the world to find more innovative ways to achieve social inclusiveness and, and well-being. So I think, you know, back to my point about frameworks, in the context of international reporting requirements as like you know such as the SDGs and others we're seeing the emergence of these innovative policies that are thinking about intergenerational well-being such as our New Zealand living standard framework so I think these innovative policies provide us with the framework to audaciously contribute I think we can both advocate for the creation of such policies and we can then really capitalize capitalize on them demonstrating how impact-led businesses are a significant part of the answer. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first one. The second opportunity, I think, being more inclusive and accessible, making it easier for people to join our movement. Mm. There's loads of ingredients to this recipe and I think we need to cultivate authenticity. Yeah. I think we need to always put practitioners and their interest at the heart of what we do. Mm. I think we need to be intentional about growing the equity of our movement so that the most underserved and underrepresented communities get access to quality capability support. 
I think we've got a job to do to demystify social enterprise still and a job to do to make the case for social enterprise irrefutable. So capturing data, measuring our impact, telling stories to advocate and influence. And in that sense, the work in Backboom is doing is very important um, to contribute to all of that. And the third one, I mentioned collaborating better. Yes, we believe social enterprise has the greatest potential to transform our economy, but we cannot do it on our own. So we need engagement, we need support and commitment from across sectors, and we need to join forces with affiliate movements, you know, Mm. like call it the impact economy, just breaking down silos and creating movements so that we can accelerate our, our collective impact. Yeah. Absolutely agree with those points there, Alain. So if people were to travel over to Canada later this year for the Social Enterprise World Forum, what could they expect if they were to attend? Well, the plans are very exciting. I mean, there's very rich program developing at the moment. There's going to be a very timely focus on social procurement. Yep. There will be some great learning opportunities in relation to Indigenous knowledge and traditions, mm. yes. reflecting the development of the social enterprise sector in Canada, you know, with similarities with Australia and with New Zealand, yep. actually. And I think delegates can expect a very vibrant welcome from what's an, what's an incredible team of hosts and partners. There will be some great side events and great evening activities as well. The team the team on the ground talks about taking over the city of Halifax. So yeah, I expect a, a, a very vibrant week with really welcoming human Canadian values showing through. Yeah, absolutely. And they were great at doing that in both Edinburgh and Addis this year. So absolutely. They're, they're a fantastic bunch of people. Mm-hmm. So, so changing the conversation a little bit, Alain, if we were to look at social enterprise from a policy perspective, what do you believe are some of the key steps that government needs to take to help foster and support an innovative social sector? I mean, you mentioned there's partnership between Arkina Foundation and the New Zealand government. Are there any specific policy things you'd like to, to talk about? Yes, yeah, so I've already mentioned social procurement. Last October, the New Zealand government launched its revised government procurement rules, supporting agencies to procure goods and services that deliver to broader social and environmental outcomes. So that's definitely like top of the list for me to answer your question around yeah. steps government can take. Another related step is to shift from output to outcomes in the way policies are made, implemented and assessed overall. And pushing this further to the rest of the economy, I think there's an opportunity to set legally binding framework for any organization or at least any business to start with to report on their social and environmental impact. Other steps government can take include supporting innovative forms of legal structures and supporting the growth of impact investment, whether it's through research, as we did here in New Zealand last, or um, policies or indirect investment, of course. I'd say that education and investment in young people is also key. And I love this quote from the forum in Addis, actually. One of the young entrepreneurs you may remember powerfully said, because we are not the future, we are the present. So, yeah, they are the present. We need to invest heavily in our young people. Government should also invest in the ecosystem of capability builders. And so I'm speaking here from like my day-to-day job. Most ability builders are still doing their work on a shoestring or in a voluntary you know, fashion yeah. in most places. So there's still a massive role for government to play in investing in building the infrastructure or creating capacity for ecosystem capability builders to do their work. Yeah. And most important, I think, 
two things here in general. I think governments should always collaborate closely with the sector and the practitioners as they embark on taking these steps we've yeah. just talked about. And they should invest in upskilling their people, mm. policy makers and other government workers, so that implementation of these changes is actually effective. Yeah. Experience that having strong champions within government is a key ingredient to effectively support and, and foster the sector. Mm. Yep, yep, some great points there, Alain. So you are surrounded literally by a huge range of different uh, initiatives and social enterprises that you work with on a daily basis. So it's probably a very hard question, but I'm really keen to hear about any particularly inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently, which, which are creating some fantastic social change. Yeah, I've been following the work of uh, Marie, who's the founder of Wildness, an organic chocolate brand, for a few years now. Marie is a French woman and she's based in Wellington. And Wildness recently joined our forward marketplace as a certified supplier. And I'm, in, I'm amazed by Marie's work and her determination to making every aspect of her business ethical and sustainable. So mm. Wildness Chocolate is an organic and fair trade chocolate. The fruit comes from Brazil and it's also known for its health benefits. It's a plant that's a sister plant to cacao. The packaging takes place in New Zealand and it's done by inmates to increase their chances of rehabilitation. Mm. The inmates are trained and gain new skills and even the design for Wildness was done by inmates. And Marie insisted to offer a decent wage. From memory of the time, she offered about 10 times the average wage inmates would receive on other jobs. And she was the first business in New Zealand to provide full wages to inmates behind bars. Packaging is 100% sustainable, made of biodegradable paper and potato starch and printed with soy-based ink. In the community of farmers they work with in Brazil, they supported the setup of a school. They launched in Singapore last year and they work with adults with special needs. And the, the list just goes on. And I suppose what I love about this story is that Mary's goal is for each and every one of wellness actions to make a positive contribution to the communities where they operate. Mm. So she pushes the boundaries of how much social and environmental impact she can create out of her chocolate making activity. And I think, you know, a holistic view on our relation to people and the planet through the process of creating and trading value, literally at grassroots level and this passion, she she's continuing through like expanding the business in other continents now, just keeps on keeps on amazing me. I think it's it's a really beautiful, inspiring stories. Sounds wonderful. And we'll certainly try and find a link and stick it in the article for people to click through and have a look at that. So thanks for sharing that, Len. So to finish off then, what books or other resources might you recommend to our listeners? Well, with the risk of being a little bit controversial here, my latest and very slim, by the way, read is a book from the School of Life series called Mm. How to Be Bored. And I think it's a great antidote to our very busy lives and a good reminder of the importance to take the necessary time to reconnect with our inner selves. Mm. I think it's very important for all of us in particular who push ourselves very hard every day to try and make a dent, creating a better and a fairer world. But we need to remember to be kind to ourselves and in order to be in a good place and to be able to support and energize others. Yeah. So I think this book is great. It's not about being bored, literally. Yeah. <laughs> it's about creating that time that we all need to reconnect with ourselves and think about our longer term life plans. Mm. 
Sounds like a great book and very fitting for our current society, Elen. So Elen, thank you so much for providing us with your really generous insights and time today. We really appreciate it and we'll look forward to tracking your journey as you work towards further further work in Aotearoa, New Zealand and your work with the Social Enterprise World Forum. So thanks for all the hard work that you're doing. Thank you, Tom. My pleasure. It was really nice talking to you today. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.